What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Good morning, Bay Area. Good morning. Good morning. Brace yourselves for KNBR's Power Surge. Power. The sports leader welcomes you to Mervyn Max. Power. Power Hour. Giants fans, there's no question we've got the best in the booth. That's why Murph and Mac catch up with Krook right now. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It's out of here. Adios, pelota. Good. Sponsored by your local NorCal Honda deal. Score a fuel-efficient, fun-to-drive Honda today. Buy or reserve yours at your NorCal Honda dealer on KNBR 104.5 FM and 680 AM. All righty. Uh, Sean, you get a chance. You and Krook to chop it up. That's we do right. this every yeah. Tuesday and Thursday in the off season, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the season. Mike, I'm here to tell you, I am looking out at the most pristine Scottsdale, Arizona morning. It is gorgeous. The uh, the grass, she is green, Mike. The sky, she is blue. And uh, we're here, man. Good morning. Well, what about smell? Can you smell the grass? <laughs> what do you think, Sean? And by we the way, we got to open up these windows because we would be able to if they were open, which I think we need what? to do. After this you have the windows closed? They're closed. I know. Well, he's yeah. blowing like 60 Candy miles an hour ass. yesterday. Get them open. Let's go. <laughs> That's Darren. I'm blaming DC. Blaming me, They're too. They're coming open. I can't get up. Sean's getting it up right now. Okay, so there we go. Without, I told you last week, and it's true, I have Sean Estes here, so you and, you and Sean can talk the art of pitching in baseball. I'll just listen here, but. Sean, I got Krug here, man. Yeah, I want to know more about the weather. I mean, you guys are going to get hit again this weekend, huh, Krug? We're getting crushed. We got another uh, three inches last night, but it's cold. It was 22 degrees here with some wind, so you know what the chill is. And, I mean, Minden is just, forget about it. It's just freezing down there. This is the coldest winter I've ever seen. And yeah, you guys uh, got hammered. It's unbelievable. I mean, the mountains have had about 400 inches of snow. And uh, and it's not melting. That's the thing about it. It's it's crazy. If anybody can get up here this weekend, because it's going to be nasty, it's going to be worthwhile. But it ain't easy to get here right now. Yeah, uh, it is gnarly. Everybody travel safe, man. And uh, I want to be just... where you guys are. I want to see the grass. I want to smell the grass. <laughs> well, I'm telling Let's you. Take a picture. Now for the you. window's open. We can smell it. it smells great, Krook. It smells great. <laughs> Smells great. Yeah, you're lying through your teeth too, by the way. Oh man. Uh, well, Sean, what would you tell? What would you tell Mike about who we we just had? Anthony DiScafani, yeah. Mitch Haniger, Logan Webb, and uh, even a little Mark Hallberg too to get us going here. So, you, so I, I know I, I found out they're they're timing the pins. So what are they saying about it, Sean? Well, they're saying that it's it's a it's a work in progress. I mean, we had. Logan, who who wasn't too concerned about it because he works pretty quick. Discofani seemed a little bit more hesitant about it because they think that it's kind of new for him. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think the guys are embracing it because they have to. But I think it's gonna. I think it'll be interesting just to see how the umpires, you know, what, how they implement if a guy goes overtime. Um, runners on base when you got, you know, you know, as a pitcher, like you like to work at a quick pace, but there's times where you need to step off the mound and and gather yourself and refocus. 
I think that's a concern of a lot of guys when things start to happen around you that, you know, the pace of the game picks up and all of a sudden, you know, you give up a four spot before you can blank. Uh, but you know that they are they are being proactive about it, Croup. You know they're they're really working on it. The hitters are working on it. Uh, Hanager, we asked him. But he said he's a one foot in the box guy, so he's not concerned. But it's going to be a concern for guys that take a little bit more time in between pitches. But as you know, the Giants are always you know ahead of the game with those type of things, and they're implementing it. So I think it's a mixed bag. How would you have liked it? Well, I, I loved it. I mean, I, I work quick, but, you know, the thing I was worried about is, you know, every once in a while you go out there and and you'll throw a slider and all of a sudden you get this zinger that goes from your elbow up your shoulder into the back of your head and it just explodes. <laughs> and, you know, you got to back off. You can't throw a pitch. you got a little – let that, that tingle just kind of die down. I mean, it didn't happen often, maybe once a game, but, you know, there's just a little reminder – that a if the guy calls a slider again, you you're going to shake it off. But two, you need time. You need some time to regroup. And uh, and and the point you make too, man. When that momentum starts going against you, every once in a while, a step off's not a bad thing, just to slow things down. Because <laughs> as you pointed out, man, you give a four runs quick. And so I, they're going to have to deal with that. But I mean, all in all, I do love it. I, I I'm so tired of watching guys stall and go through their velcro mantra before they can get in there and take a swing it just ah i'm really happy for it but it, it is going to be an adjustment so do you think in, in th- you blame the hitters more than the pitchers in terms no. of no i think pitching coaches and hitting coaches have been doing the same thing for 20 years you know get back and go through your your your, your pre-pitch setup and uh, make sure you control the rhythm of the at bat and that's the thing that gets preached constantly and uh and so they all do it and then it becomes a, 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 a peeing match where, you know, that guy won't get in the box and you're not going to pitch and he's not going to get in the box and you're not going to pitch. I mean, it becomes a joke. So, you know, I think we have the pitching coaches and the hitting instructors to blame as to how this thing has evolved. Yeah, it was a great deal when you're, you know, when you're number three or four hitter, your star was getting a little rush and you wanted to get him to back out. But now all of a sudden you got everybody on the team doing it. Well, you do that, well, you're going to have four-hour ball games. You know what did it for me? It was the Red Sox-Yankees series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we used to say, oh, that's going to be great. We're going to get all these great rivalry games. And then we watched the games, and they were four hours long. Every guy on the, both teams were taken forever to get into the box. And it became, it became the stylish thing to do. And it just killed the game. It, those games became unwatchable for me. And then it all of a sudden sort of spread off into the other teams. And then, you know, lo and behold, we got to where we were last year. It was a joke. Yeah, and uh, and now we get to see this. This is spring training is going to be huge, Sean and Krug, for these guys getting used to it. This month of, of ball down here, because I mean, this is where they're going to work out the kinks, I think. And we'll see it tomorrow, Saturday, I should say. I think, uh, I think also that John and the Dwayne on the pitching call. coaches, the the, the catchers, because you know, you can go out and have a mound visit, right? If you really need to to, to slow the game down, take the air out of the ball. Um, I think that the Andrew Bailey and whoever's catching that day is going to have to be a little bit aware of that because that's your one opportunity you have to go out there and do that. Because as a pitcher, you know, if you stand on the mound, you got to get rid of the baseball within 15 to 20 seconds. So I think that's something they're going to have to be a little bit more in tune to as well. Don't you think, Krug? I totally agree. And, and you know, when they put out six mound visits, I thought, man, that's not a lot. And then then next year they go, well, we don't need it. We're going to go down to five. And I think the point you make about the catcher coming back out and 
and sensing that that cat, that the pitcher needs a, a, a refocus time, he's going to use that thing. I think we're, they're going to use the mound visits up like they have never done before. And maybe, maybe next year they may go back to six mound visits. I mean, that's how important they're going to be. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's all this game's so much about rhythm. It's just about rhythm. And when a rhythm starts to go your way, it's the greatest feeling in the world. You control the game. But when it goes against you, man, that thing, it, it's, it's so hard to get it back to a rhythm that you control. And a catcher's going to have everything to do with it. And it's going to put a, a premium on veteran catchers because I think they sense that much more than a rookie. Talking to Mike Kruko. We do it every Tuesday and Thursday. It's uh, the Murphy and Mac Show with Sean Estes in for Paulie Mack. As Paulie's off today and tomorrow, he's back Monday. We're all back in San Francisco Monday, but it's great to be in Scottsdale Stadium with Sean. Still to come today, uh, Brandon Crawford is going to join us. And then tomorrow, Kyle Harrison, Gabe Kapler, guys like that. Uh, Mike, obviously, uh, Logan Webb has just become such a guy. He came in, sat down with us, did about 20 minutes with us. He's very soft-spoken, but, Mike, I just told Sean, too, I just feel like, I mean, sometimes you get a feel, just feels like a leader. Just I don't know if I'm projecting that on him or... Uh, it's just that his tenure here has spanned, you know, from Bochi to Cap. Um, your view of this guy going into this year, and Sean talked about him being a leader, even though he's the youngest starter on the staff. Um, your impressions of him thus far, how the offseason he's had. He was out front on the Correa and Judge stuff, talking about it too. Um, if you had to sort of download your your thoughts on Logan Webb coming into spring 2023, what are they? Well, I think expectations surrounding him is off the charts. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot that he can do. And, you know, the thing about him that I like is he can get quick outs because of that sinker. He gets a lot of outs within three pitches. When he first got to the big leagues, you know, he nibbled. And it's that's indicative of a lot of guys. Um, and then he got to the point where it was like, you know, he just realized he could pitch here, that they couldn't hit his stuff. And in 2021, I mean, he was, I thought, the best pitcher in the National League West. And you know, during that year, he got that screw you in his mindset, and he just didn't think that he could be touched. And uh, and when you have that feeling that you're invincible, I mean, you know, you you just roll. Well, then you take a look at 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 how that young player starts to interject confidence in the clubhouse. Just his presence, a gives guys confidence because because he's so good. But then there comes a point in time where he gets a voice in the team meetings. There's a, there's a point in time when guys look to him to say something. That, that, that is the evolution of a, of a major league attitude. And he has achieved all that. The other thing that happens is, you know, when you first get to the big leagues, you know, you, you want to be everybody's friend. And that doesn't end with your own teammates. You want to be accepted around the league. And you're, you're pretty social. And I think the last thing to come with an ace is when he eliminates that that desire to want to be social with other teams, want to interact, want to be seen as a good guy. In fact, it becomes quite the opposite. You want to be seen as a guy that's just nasty. You know, where hitters have a little fear of him. And the more a hitter knows about a pitcher, the less fear he has with him. If he knows, if, you, if that hitter knows that that, that that pitcher out there is married, got a couple kids, I mean, he's a good citizen, you know, it, it's a little bit easier for him to get in that batter's box. Because that fear factor kind of dissolves. Because that guy's not going to knock me down. He's not going to put me through my ear hole. But if you know you get that attitude, if you get that attitude of pitcher that you don't want that guy to know anything about you, that you want him to fear you, then that that hitter gets in the batter's box, and all of a sudden he he has that little 
that little voice in the back of his head, and he said, this guy just might uncork one and, and, and shave my chin. He could do that. That feeling is something that you only acquire when you become an isolated soul. You don't become a fraternizer. You don't become a guy that anybody knows anything about you. And I think that's where you evolve. I mean, it, it, was, it was so apparent with, uh, with, with Steve Carlton. I mean, he was such a good pitcher, but he didn't talk to anybody. And everybody just had a, a vision of him being a machine. And, and that's kind of where you want to be. And I think that's where, where, where Logan Webb is going to evolve. I think he's going to get that, to be a little more concerned with his own clubhouse and not other clubhouses. But that, and it's indicative of young players. They all kind of have to go through that. But I think he's at a point now where he's got everything except that. But I think he's going to get that. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Yeah, Crook, you... you you mentioned, you know, a couple of things. I think the responsibility of being an ace, and I asked him that if he feels any responsibility, added pressure to being the being the guy. And I know you've talked about it before. You've been the ace of your staff before. I was for a minute, but um, what what do you feel like the responsibilities are as an ace? Because I, I do believe that there is more responsibility that you do have um, in the clubhouse and obviously on the field. But what are some of those things that that you feel? Well, I thought the most important thing was to take the ball. And, you know, no matter what, and we all know that in a 162-game season, there's going to be times your body doesn't come back with four days rest. But yet you take the ball because you know how to get through five or six or seven or eight innings without great stuff. I think that's what an ace can do. I mean, obviously they have great stuff to be an ace, but then there's the days you go out there and you get it done when you don't have great stuff. I think that's what elevates your your image to your team. That's what leads. That's what inspires younger pitchers to want to be like you, to be able to get it done when you don't have that hard bite and slider, when you don't have that great sink. And, and I think that you know, when a, a young pitcher can, can cross that bridge and, and take the ball every five days and keep his game in it despite whatever stuff you have, all of a sudden your voice gets real loud when you uh, open up your mouth in a, in a club meeting. Yeah, we saw no better example than a, of an ace than, than than Madison Bumgarner, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't go always have his best stuff out there, but he went out and he grinded, and especially he knew the magnitude of that game. I mean, you could look. I, I think another thing too is that you know a team's going on a bad bad run, and you know maybe the guys are pitching well, but they're not winning games. The defense is struggling. The offense isn't scoring runs, and and an ace says, "Give me the ball," like you said. And I'm going to go out there and throw a shutout today. Like, I'm going to put the team on my back, and I'm going to show that, you know, we'll get back on, on a winning streak, and I'm going to be the guy to do that. And that there is some responsibility to that. I think Logan, he, I don't think he realizes that yet because he is, like I said, the youngest guy in this staff. 
But I think he can be that guy, and, and he's, he's evolving into that guy. Well, he's got the other component, too, where if a guy makes a mistake behind him, he looks that guy in the eye and says, I'll pick you up. And then he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, and by the way, you were an ace for more than a minute. And, you know, that's, you, know you think about when you won 19 games, you did not a pitch. You had great stuff. But before yeah. your career was over, you became one of the better pitchers in, in the National League West. I mean, you pitched for every team, <laughs> which, which was great. <laughs> just, you knew everybody, you knew everybody yeah. by first names in the National League West. Yeah. I knew the league pretty well. I knew the division, at least. Yeah. But, I mean, that, wasn't that what you were most proud of? It's what I was most proud of, is, is that you evolved into a pitcher. And you evolved into a guy that had the ability to go out there and win no matter what you had. Or at least yeah. give your team a chance to win. Without a doubt, I and mean, people ask you all the time. They probably ask you this: What was your what was your best year as a big leaguer? And, and it's easy to go to the numbers and say like, "Well, ninety seven, I you know nineteen game, wins, three whatever ERA." But I definitely had better years as a pitcher. Just didn't you know the results just weren't as good. But like consistently, like you said, just being consistent, taking the ball every fifth day, giving your team a chance to win. Um, I would say like even. You know, when I pitched in Colorado in 04, it might have been the best year. I mean, it had a high ERA, but uh, I felt like I gave our team a chance to win. Like, when I pitched bad, it was it was pretty bad, and I gave up a bunch of runs. But just be able to take – because I was able to pitch, and I was able to pitch for that ground ball, like you said with Logan Webb. You know, he knows how to pitch for, for a ground ball. I mean, he's – and that will get you out of some jams right there. You know, he he's evolved into just a really good pitcher, knows how to pitch to get the ground ball. We saw the strikeouts down last year, but it's like – who cares? Like you can get two outs for with one pitch, you know, and, and you can get quick outs. And that's how you that's how you pitch deep into games. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been fun to watch. Can't wait to see what he does this year. Yeah, and he and he can pitch for a ground ball when the when the situation dictated it. He can pitch for the strikeout when the, the situation dictated it. I love this about this year's staff for the Giants, is that they all have the ability to stop a losing streak. They all give the team a chance to win. And if you have that belief as a team that everybody goes out there that takes the ball as a starter that can do that for you, that relaxes everybody. You don't have to – I mean, the, the, the offense is going to struggle at some point in the year. I mean, they're going to struggle a lot. I mean, there's a lot of good pitching out there right now. I mean, pitching has evolved to the point where at, you've got more pitchers out there with more stuff, more weapons, more different type of pitches than any other time in baseball history. So you can you have to expect that it's going to be, you know, your offense that that it struggles at times, and uh, and if you're a pitcher that can go out there and put up some early zeros uh, on the board and relax your team, give them a chance to win, despite they're only going to score two or three runs, that that's that's the team that's going to have a good year, and I think that this staff does that for this for this 2023 Giants team. Yeah, Kirk, you talk yeah. about you talk about you know getting a ground ball, and, and you're one of the best at doing that good sinker um and they have a lot of guys that can get ground balls i think we saw the defense last year you know pitching and defense go hand in hand was there ever a point in your career or team you played on where the defense just wasn't good did it affect how your mentality was as a pitcher um i mean obviously i know that you want to continue getting ground balls because you really believe the guys behind you're going to catch it but if it's consistent where guys aren't catching the ball uh, does that change your mentality as a pitcher do you try to strike more guys out or, or what what do you think that thought process is? And, and really, how do you feel like you feel that the defense can improve this year or will? Well, in 1985, we lost 100 games. The only time in Giants history, in 140 years of Giants history, that a team lost 100 games. And our defense was horrible. And we had a guy at first base who was past his prime, and we had a guy at third base who was an outfielder. And it, it, it 
really affected everybody on the pitching staff. We had a good pitching staff. The team never really hit, which complemented, uh, which uh, I should say compounded the problems. But the defense and the lack of is really what, what cost us that year and what, what allowed that team to lose 100 games. I never forgot it. And you're right. When that happens, you get into the strikeout mode. You know, and a strikeout mode is dangerous because you start throwing your strikeout pitch first pitch. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it's 1-0 instead of 0-1. And, and that was the one thing that Al Rosen and Roger Craig brought to us in 1986. They retooled that whole team with rookies. But they could all catch the ball. I mean, we had Robbie Thompson. I mean, you know, we had Jose Uribe, and then we had Matt Williams coming up, and we had Bob Melvin. They were defensive players. And we became one of the best defensive teams in, in, in baseball with the era of of Al Rose and Roger Craig, and it made all the difference in the world. The, the strikeout mode went out the window. You were just you wanted to put the ball in play because you knew that you had seven guys behind you that were going to catch the ball. It, it's the greatest asset, and it's my biggest concern about this 2023 team. You're bringing Lamont Wade, an outfielder, into the infield, and you're counting on him to be a defensive player. First baseman has everything to do with relaxing an infield. It has everything to do with relaxing a pitcher. And David VR. I mean, he, he has to show me that he can be a defensive player at third base. And these are my biggest concerns. I think that their outfield defense is, is solid. Uh, I like what they've done you know, up the middle. You can't, I mean, I don't care if you have a 35-year-old shortstop out there. I don't care. I mean, Brandon Crawford, to me, he may have lost a little range. And I don't even know, I'm not even sure if he's, he's done that with as smart as he is and his ability to get a first step and a cheat step. But everything he catches, and he was brilliant last year. So I think the defense up the middle is solid. The catching, Joey Bart has to get to that point where I believe in him as a defensive catcher. It may not be him. I don't know who it is, but defense and the ability of that catcher to have good defense is going to have everything to do with the success of this team. The corners, the catching position, those are concerns of mine. Well, you said all the wait, right wait, things wait. about the shortstop no, because he's listening to we you. Have right a, we now. have a somebody just, somebody just walked in right now. I like, just they, walked in. Might have a thought here for you. Yeah, the shortstop's thirty six now, but he he could have worked on some things to gain that step back. I don't know. Yeah, but you look like, like you're thirty five, and that's the key thing. <laughs> so that's uh, for the listeners out there. That is Brandon Crawford who just joined us here. So, Brandon, you want to say hi to Mike here? Hey, crew. Yeah, you know, it's good to see you back at shortstop. Uh, you know, Thank I'm you. a little biased. You know, we share the same birthday, got a lot in common, and uh, it just does my heart good to see you back out there in your spot. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Mike, we'll let you go. Brandon's coming in from the bullpen to relieve you. So, uh, baseball on the radio this weekend. Your partner's on the way. He already called this morning on his way to the airport. So, Dwayne and John on the weekend. You stay down safe from that snow, and then we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Had a bit. Crook. There he is, Mike Cooper. So, Waterboy, should I take a quick 30-second break before? Okay, Brandon, chill out for 30. We'll be right back in just a quick second. Brandon Crawford, live from Scottsdale Stadium on The Sports Leader. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. And it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know, yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen.